since a huge number of POWs in the Philippines were transported to Japan on board what we now call hell ships, there is actually quite a bit of information on the internet to help fill in those gaps. Hello, Anastasia Harmon here. Thanks for joining me for Left Behind the Scenes. These mini episodes allow me to chat with you about a variety of topics in an informal, close to one-on-one -on -one format. In these episodes, I'll give you answers to frequently asked questions about the podcast, descriptions about how I research the people I highlight, details on topics that tie into Left Behind episodes, interviews with individuals in the World War II in the Philippines community, and so much more. So let's get started. Today I want to share a little bit about how I discover the unique wartime experiences of the servicemen and women who I feature on Left Behind. Most of those individuals became POWs of Japan. When I'm researching a POW's wartime experiences, my ultimate goal is to find answers to five main questions, or perhaps their categories. So number one is wartime service details. I want to know what was the POW's wartime service in the months leading up to capture. So specifically, I want to first discover the individual's rank and his or her unit served in. Because knowing that specific unit then allows me to search for that unit's wartime assignments, movements, and activities. And finding those facts about that specific unit gives me a fantastic idea of where the individual was before the war and what that individual was doing during wartime before capture. The second thing I want to find is details about that POW's capture. So when and where was the individual captured? What were the circumstances around capture? Were they part of the Bataan surrender and then death march? Were they on Corregidor when they were captured? elsewhere in the Philippines, captured while trying to escape the islands. There's a lot of possibilities and I'd like to know this specific story. Third, I wanna know what camp or camps the POW was imprisoned in. It wasn't uncommon for POWs to be transferred in and out of camps, go to work camps, be transferred among several camps in Japan or even into China or Korea. Once I discover the name of the POW camp or camps where the person was, as well as locations, I can search online for details about what life was like in that camp, what were the guards like, what was the main work that POWs did in the camp, and so forth. The next category applies to POWs who were sent out of the Philippines during the war. And that is, I want to find out about the transport ship that took them from the Philippines to places in Asia or Japan. Also, ideally, I'd like to find a ship's departure and arrival dates and places, and any on-ship events of note. So, for example, was the ship torpedoed or bombed? Was it sunk? What were the conditions like on the ship? Since a huge number of POWs in the Philippines were transported to Japan on board what we now call hell ships, there is actually quite a bit of information on the internet to help fill in those gaps. The fifth area I want to know about is liberation or death details. When and where was the POW liberated from, if he or she survived the war? And what were the circumstances surrounding liberation? 
Did American forces liberate them? Did Russian forces liberate them? There's often a story around the actual liberation of the camp. An example of this would be the liberation of the Cabanatuan POW camp in the Philippines when 500 POWs were rescued by American special forces that came behind enemy lines and were able to rescue the men from the camp and get them back across American lines. If a POW passed away during captivity, I want to find out when, where, and how that POW died. So to start answering these questions, I use two specific POW databases. They are literally the first two places I go to and search when I start working on a new story for a prisoner of war. The first database is the World War II Prisoners of War database. This database contains information on around 140,000 Allied servicemen and women, and even civilians, who were prisoners of war during World War II, roughly 1941 to 1946, in both the Pacific and European theaters of war. This database was created from records and reports given to or created by the Red Cross. Now, the Red Cross received a lot of their records and information from enemy sources during the war. So we're looking at records created during chaotic wartime conditions when records weren't always being kept very well. Also, information coming from enemy sources was often considered suspect because the enemy forces, and especially when we're talking about Japan, wanted to paint a more rosy picture of POW treatment than what was reality. Thus, the information in this POW database is an excellent start to answer the five main questions, but I consider the information in it as clues to help guide me to the real story. So here are some things I find out about individual POWs in this database. First, an individual's rank or grade, arm of service, and area served. These three things give me some clues to the person's war service details. In the capture details category, the database can tell me when the POW was reported as being captured and by which country he or she was captured. The database offers the name of one POW camp associated with this POW. I found that usually it's the last camp where the POW was located at the time of liberation or death. However, if a POW is liberated from a POW camp in Japan proper, this isn't always the case, but it's a fantastic starting place. Also, if a POW was liberated or died in a POW camp in Japan proper, then I automatically know there is a transport ship I should be looking for. And speaking of transport ships, if a POW died on a transport ship, the database tells me the name of that ship and sometimes offers an exact date of a ship's bombing or sinking, if that's how the POW perished on a ship. If a POW died in the Iroko Maru tragedy, that's the one where POWs were transferred among three ships and two of them were destroyed by American bombs and less than a third of the original POWs actually made it to Japan. So if a POW died on one of those transport ships, then the database will list which ship that POW died on. Also, the database can let me know if a POW was executed or shot while attempting to escape, as opposed to dying of sickness or malnutrition or something similar to that in one of the camps. So as you can see, this database is giving me a lot of clues to start answering those five main questions. 
Of course, that's just a start, and I need to look at other sources to expand and get more details. Now, I access this database on Ancestry.com, but it can also be accessed for free on the National Archives website and on the subscription website story.com. And if you're interested in learning how to discover the wartime experiences of a POW, I've created a cheat sheet to help you decode the information in this database and make sure you get all of the clues out of it that you'll want. I even created a digital worksheet to help you gather that information in one place. To snag your copy of that free cheat sheet, go to www.leftbehindpodcast.com backslash Japan POWs. That's POWs plural. And I've put the link in the show description. Okay, let's move on to my second go-to POW database, which is called Prisoners of the Japanese. Where the previous database covers all allied POWs during World War II, the Prisoners of the Japanese database is focused on POWs detained by Japan during the war. This database was created from various reliable POW records by a group of research volunteers in the early 2000s. Primary among those original POW records was information compiled by the American Defenders of Bataan and Corregidor, which was a POW veteran organization. As the original members, i.e. former POWs, passed away, the organization wondered what to do with the records they had collected over the years. Destroy them? Keep them? Thankfully, descendants of POWs in the organization decided to compile those records into a database. Then they expanded to collect information from other reliable sources, such as POW records at the National Archives. Today, the Prisoners of the Japanese Database includes information on some 30,000 servicemen, women, and civilians who were imprisoned by the Japanese during World War II. It's considered a secondary or tertiary source, but it is a trustworthy resource. What I like most about this database is that it includes the exact unit the individual was assigned to prior to capture, as well as the individual's service number. Using that specific unit information, I can Google the unit's names and find out what it was doing and where it was serving during World War II. And that, of course, helps me get context to tell the POW's wartime combat activities part of the story. I also access this database on Ancestry.com, but it's available for free on the NARA website, and I'll put those links in the show notes. As we close, I want to be clear that these two databases do not answer all the five main questions I presented earlier. However, the databases do offer initial clues and information to help guide me to further details. And in the coming months, I'll share information on other resources I use to expand these stories. Now don't forget about the free cheat sheet I created to help you discover service and other details about a POW you're interested in. You can get your copy online at www.leftbehindpodcast.com backslash Japan POWs. Again, that's POWs plural. And I'll put that link in the show description as well. Well, that's Left Behind the Scenes for today. Be sure to like and subscribe so that you are the first to know when I drop next week's episode about a group of U.S. sailors who escaped from Manila Bay on a tiny boat and made their way thousands of miles south to Australia without getting caught. Have a fantastic week.